Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a big day today as we continue to celebrate the Raiders' victory on Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens, but look ahead to the battle on the road in the AFC North against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, you don't play many Monday night football games that you win in overtime, first time ever in front of fans, so I really believe it's a cause for celebration, but the big topic today is the Raiders suffered several injuries in that game. A couple players are gone for the season, and the Raiders are in a bad spot right now. They're injured. They have injuries again. It's been a continual topic with this team for a number of years, especially with the offensive line, and we're dealing with it again on the flagship. We're brought to you by PTs. Join us for the best 50% off drinks, happy hour in all of Vegas, 5 to 7 and midnight to 2. They are so ready for football. They have football-themed menus waiting on you. Football is back, baby. At PT's, starting the season off strong. Beer pitchers from $10, food specials from $3, or a party pack for your squad. Head on out to PT's with the Vegas football jersey giveaway. One winner per tavern, 100 base points, equal one entry. We're excited about that. So here's what we got. Daniel Carlson, the kicker who made the clutch kick, he'll join us in 15 minutes. Excited. We just added him to the show. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him because of that clutch kick and how important he is to the Raiders going forward. Great player. Gruden loves him. Made the big kick. He's got an amazing one-for-the-community initiative that's going on with Credit One Bank. We'll tell you about that. Bottom of the hour, the guy I watched the game with for probably a quarter and a half, Barry Sims, former offensive tackle for the Raiders who could play guard, tackle, uh, one of the members, proud members of the Raiders alumni team. Good day to have Barry on. He's a good friend of mine. I like talking to Barry, and he can talk about the injuries and what players need to do to move positions and step up. We have him, Scott Kaplan from ESPN Los Angeles on the Battle of L.A. between the Chargers and the Rams and what happens as the Cowboys go to L.A. to hopefully beat the Chargers. There are going to be days here where I'm talking to AFC West insiders because that reflects the Raiders the most in this time slot, and we'll do that. And the great Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, former voice of the Chargers and the Seahawks, and we'll go around the league with him. And whenever I get a chance to talk to Hacksaw on either one of my shows, it's fantastic because he's a wealth of knowledge. If you're going to call in today, I'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Still with your reaction to the Monday night win how that victory stayed with you for a couple of days if you're local or if you travel back. What was it like getting into the stadium, getting out of the stadium, getting home from the airport? Those are some of the stories we want to talk about here on Raider Nation Radio because we have a lot of listeners who are listening around the country who want to know what this experience is like. And a quick reminder, Sunday, Eric Allen and I will be at the M Resort Casino and Spa will be there for the pregame show, which starts at 8 in the morning. We start at 8 in the morning on the pregame before the game starts at 10 a.m. as we preview Pittsburgh throughout the course of the week. Here's what I think about Pittsburgh. 
there's no doubt in my mind that if the Raiders were at full strength, full strength, I think they'd beat Pittsburgh. I really do. I think the Raiders team is good enough to beat Pittsburgh on the road. But the fact that they're not on full strength, this is a wild card game for me. This is a game that I don't think nobody in the NFL thought they were going to beat the Ravens. They did. No one thinks they're going to beat Pittsburgh now because of the injuries. And it's an early game. It's a 10 a.m. Raider game on the road against an opponent that's having their home opener. Nice job by the league, huh? Giving the Raiders this game, the home opener for the Steelers. Arguably the most successful franchise in NFL history in what I believe will be Ben Roethlisberger's last season. They have T.J. Watt, who's arguably the best defensive player in the league. They're trying to run the ball. They didn't play great against Buffalo. They didn't play great against Buffalo, especially on offense, but they made some of the best halftime adjustments that you'll see as Buffalo got out early in that game, similar to the way that Baltimore got up early on the Raiders. And then they went to halftime, and they made these adjustments, and Pittsburgh came out and actually dominated Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills that couldn't move the ball in the passing game. The Raiders have several concerns in this game, starting with offensive line depth. Because the offensive line, again, is injured. And this is a recurring story I tell you every year. And thank God for Tom Cable. This topic is so big that every Raider fan's got to frame your opinion on it. It is so enormously big that this offensive line is never available. They're not available before Tom Cable came back. They're not available with Tom Cable coming back. And it has nothing to do with Tom Cable. When someone blows out their Achilles, that is not Tom Cable's fault. He had nothing to do with that type of injury. So the Raiders lose two players, including Denzel Good, and we find out Gerald McCoy for the year. Wow. A swing guard who can play multiple positions on the offensive line, a starter, and a leader on the defensive line who is going to play himself into shape and hopefully be pretty good. I mean, to the point where I don't think we'd be talking about Gerald McCoy being of the Gerald McCoy in his prime who went to six Pro Bowls, but a guy in this rotation who would be very good. And then my guy, Yannick Ngakwe, who I told you about coming here before anybody, he's got a hamstring injury, and as Vic Tafer reported today, uh, doesn't look or sound like Yannick Ngakwe is playing Sunday in Pittsburgh. Didn't enjoy the win for very long from Vic. So here we go again, injuries. Is that fair to John Gruden? No, he's a big boy. He knows, he, he know, I got to interview him tomorrow for TV. And John Gruden, it's the same thing again. John Gruden does everything right to prepare this team. And the team continues to get hurt. The camp was going beautifully. Off-season was going beautifully. And then Nicholas Morrow went down with a foot injury, which you know turned out that they went out and got two pretty good linebackers in Perryman and K.J. Wright, who I expect to play better. Now Denzel Good is gone, and the Raiders are trying to make adjustments and bring in players on up from the practice squad or players who can jump in and hopefully help out this team. Tom Pelissero reporting the Raiders are signing guard Jordan Simmons off the Seahawks practice squad pending a physical. Reinforcements after Denzel Good's injury. So what we're seeing here, everybody, is a team that is manned down on the offensive line. So Trent Brown was hurt last year. He wasn't available. He already got hurt for New England. Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson are gone. Colt Miller 
is available, and so is Alex Leatherwood. I mean, these guys got to play and stay healthy, and we're waiting for Richie Incognito to come back, which now is becoming a mystery to me, a mystery to me on when Richie Incognito is going to be available to play. Like we said last year when we knew that Richie was injured and he wasn't playing, we knew that because it was a lower leg and an Achilles, if he came back and played and it went wrong, he was done for the year. And that's what happened. They shut him down. He was done for the year. So for those who are asking about Richie's calf injury and why it's so important, well, if he, it does more damage to it, he's going to be gone for the year because that's how old he is, and he's been gone for the year in the past. So they got to err on the side of caution with Richie Incognito. I don't think that Andre James played well. I thought he played subpar, and he's a good player, and I think he'll play better. And then when you look at Colt Miller and Alex Leatherwood, I thought Leatherwood played at the level I expected him to play. Going up against a ferocious defense, he played well. He jumped off sides at the goal line, which could have cost him the game. It did not. He got beat badly on a sack. I expect that to happen. But now T.J. Watt is ready to roll. And the Raiders' offensive game plan has got to be built around T.J. Watt. So I would expect that they're going to leave a running back in to chip him. They're going to leave a tight end next to Leatherwood to block. Colt Miller is going to have to be able to take him one-on-one, which I think he can. But any help that Leatherwood can get, they're going to give him it. Which means one less receiver in the package or running routes such as a tight end because they have to worry about pass protection. Now, that's a strength of Tom Cable. I think Tom Cable's very good at that, and John Gruden, you always hear him talk about protection, protection. They're going to be working on protection, uh, protection all week and how to do it. So John Gruden yesterday talking about the positivity of the win, but clearly Pittsburgh is on his mind. Well, I've been watching the Steelers all day. It seems like a, a long time ago already. It was a great win for us, a great way to start the season. Proud of our team, our coaches, and at the same time, got a lot of respect for what we have to get done on a short week. We're still trying to get some uh, determination who's going to be available for us this week, so our preparation right now is a little bit cloudy. Yeah, preparation is tough because they've been preparing for Pittsburgh in the off season. You know, They've been preparing for Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And as I told you, that's a really brutal schedule to open up against two of the toughest teams in the AFC North and in all of football the last 10 to 20 years. I mean, why don't you throw the Patriots in there even though Brady isn't there? You you talk about the teams that have been most successful for over a decade. It's New England, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, and the Raiders got two of them right out of the gate. Uh, John Gruden yesterday obviously concerned about the injuries that were eventually made official. Yeah, there is some concern. We've got some guys getting examined. Uh, Gerald McCoy, uh, Denzel Good, Marcus Mariota, to name a few. Uh, we'll have to have to see the official evaluation here shortly. Yeah, so I'm assuming Coach knew. Obviously, they all knew that Good was gone because of the severity of that injury and, and what it looked like. And then McCoy, his injury is enough where they'll be gone for the year. But these are big injuries on good players, and it affects the depth of this team. The one thing we saw, the defensive line played so good. I mean, Max Crosby is the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. How great of an honor is that for Mad Max? The defensive line did a heck of a job. They were fabulous in that game. They had a continual pass rush, which was good. And the offensive line, if you take a look at Derek Carr's ability to make plays on the run, 
and what he was able to do. I mean, the offensive line stepped up in some big spots against a blitzing team that is fundamentally sound on defense, and the Raiders won the game. What is my overall concern for the team heading to Pittsburgh? Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going up against a good defense, very good, with the best defensive player arguably in the league. And Derek Carr is going to have to come out of this game not getting injured because Marcus Mariota is injured again. So Derek Carr is going to get hit in this game. He's going to get thrown to the ground. Derek Carr is going to be feeling pressure in the pocket. And the Raiders just got to shorten the game and make it an interesting game here. I don't know if you want to run right at T.J. Watt, if you want to run away from him, if you're able to pass and go heavy with Waller, maybe get the matchups that you think you're going to get. And I think the Raiders can do a pretty good job stopping Ben Roethlisberger. From everything I've read, I've read a couple of breakdowns of the Steelers and what happened in that game. You know, it looks like it's the same old Steelers offense of the last couple of years where Roethlisberger's kind of locked in on a receiver early, trying to get to a receiver early, and the Raiders are going to have to get a hard pass rush in and hope that they can play good pass defense, especially deep. Roethlisberger loves to throw a deep ball. If he has the time, Roethlisberger has the arm to make any throw. He's not mobile. So what you want to do with Roethlisberger is the exact opposite that you wanted to do with Lamar Jackson. With Lamar Jackson, you wanted to keep him in the pocket. Keep him in the pocket so he can't run. Correct? That was the plan. And he fumbled a few times because they hit him hard. With Roethlisberger, you don't want him in the pocket. You want Big Ben outside the pocket. You want him moving his feet and going sideline to sideline. And he's a Hall of Famer, so he can make the throws. But again, Raider Nation, the Raiders are playing Ben Roethlisberger on the back, 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 back end of his career. And Big Ben in the offseason got in shape because of Tom Brady. All Tom Brady was doing is really mocking Ben Roethlisberger. He's significantly older than Big Ben and in much better shape. And I think the Steeler ownership and organization went to Big Ben and said, look, we're ready to move on from you if you're not going to lose some weight and be in shape. Man, he lost weight and got in shape. So he's going to be ready to play. And they have receivers who can get open, and they can go big after the catch. Najee Harris, a good fresh leg, new line uh, running back, reminds me of when the Raiders went out and got Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs looked pretty banged up to me when I was at the game. I don't know about you. So I'm hoping Josh is able to go in this game. And this is going to be a game where, you know, the Raiders are going to need some breaks. Carlson, who's going to join us momentarily, he's got to kick maybe four field goals. Four. You know, they're going to have to have a great game out of Cole, pinning Pittsburgh back. I like seeing the coffin corner and kicking it out of bounds. I like that. And then the Raiders hopefully get a better game out of Littleton and K.J. Wright. I thought Jonathan Abram played really well when I went back and watched the game again. And there's there's a lot of positives there. Casey Hayward. The interior pass rush, even without Gerald McCoy. But I am highly, highly concerned about this offensive line. I, myself, every year, don't buy into the hype on this old line because they're never available. I like the players. I love the coach and Tom Gable. Thank God the Raiders have them. But every year, it's a broken record. You know, last year they played like a handful of snaps. They could barely play together last year. The Raiders could barely play together last year from the Carolina game on. They're never available. So injuries come. We don't, play, we don't blame anybody for the injury. 
Injuries happen. It's part of the sport. It is a brutal sport. When Gerald McCoy has to call his wife again and say, I missed two years ago with the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going to miss this year. That's why these players want guaranteed money, because they know an injury could wipe out their career. But the injuries have mounted. And how long is Yannick Ngakwe going to be gone? I mean, that's, that's the most important guy, along with Max Crosby, on the defensive line. So Raider Nation, if we want to talk about depth here, I'm not going to do a really big, deep dive into backup offensive linemen. Not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I know who's going to play. We'll find out who's going to play and what the depth chart looks like tomorrow. I'm not going to do two hours of phone calls on a backup right guard and how he's going to play in a game when we have no idea. I'd rather you call me on how to win this game and what will be the game plan going in because I'm struggling with that a little bit right now at 702-365-9200. What type of game do you want to see? Do you want to play conservative and protect Carr and get out of there even if you lose the game and no Raider fan wants to lose the game? But you want to win the war, not the battle. What do you do? Do you play it real conservative with Carr and have Carr hand it off all day and have them punt and take shots here and hope the game's a 21-17 game? Or do you believe that Carr needs to get in a shootout? How good did Carr look in a shootout? Down 14 nothing, and what he was able to do, he was unbelievable. He was incredible. He threw for the most passing yards than anybody out there. So that's a big deal. Hey, let's get to the kick that sent the game into overtime, one of the most clutch kicks you'll ever see in Raiders regular season history by Daniel Carlson. Here it is. So here it goes. Cole will be the holder. Sig will snap it. Good snap. Good hold. Kick on its way. Yes, baby, we're tied. Two seconds left on the clock. That was so clutch, and the great news is Credit One Bank, an official credit card partner of the Raiders, announced a great incentive, one for the community initiative with Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson. We'll tell you all about that. Daniel, hey, congratulations. To have a sold-out house, to have it that packed, and to make that kick. Tell me what went through your mind when the ball <laughs> left your foot and you're looking behind and seeing that crowd going crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty incredible to just have the fans back in that stadium, or, well, really for the first time in that stadium, um, and just have that electric a- atmosphere that we did. And, you know, to, to send that game into overtime, um, you know, just – you know, Derek and the offense getting us in position with those last, you know, whatever, 37 seconds or whatever it was. Um, you know, it, it was awesome to be able to pull that off, send it into overtime. And, you know, obviously the whole whole game was a bit of a roller coaster. But, you know, to get that first win in the home stadium in front of our crowd, uh, it, it was just unbelievable to be able to uh, be back in that atmosphere um, and just, you know, send us on to 1-0. and And, you know, hopefully we'll just keep – Stack and wins from here on out. Daniel Carlson's our guest. What is that feeling like when you're preparing mentally and the crowd is that loud and Derek is moving the ball downfield, running up to the ball, they're trying to spike it, all for you, not going yeah. for a touchdown. That wasn't like, hey, we're sending everybody on a Hail mm-hmm. Mary. They were trying to set you up knowing that you had the leg. What are those seconds like there as the ball's being spiked and everybody knows you're coming out there? Yeah, well, I mean, I just had a lot of confidence that once, you know, our offense got the ball, we were going to be able to, you know, move the ball into position to hopefully give me a chance. You know, that's all we needed. And, 
Um, you know, as soon as we started, got that first pass off and, you know, I, I knew, hey, we just need one more pass to kind of cross at 50 and we'll, we'll have a shot at this. So, no, I was mentally just getting ready like I would for any other kick at that point. Um, had a lot of confidence that, you know, the offense would do their job to give me a chance to be able to do mine. So um, they executed it flawlessly, and then we were able to pull off the field goal. So um, that, that that was just awesome. And, you know, everybody just did such a great job of kind of that situational football that, that was so important there. Daniel Carlson's our guest, one for the community. The program will support Las Vegas-based charities, after-school all-stars, and boys and girls clubs of Southern Nevada helping youth in Las Vegas to succeed and reach their full potential. But what happened on the play where you were out there, they weren't able to get the kickoff, you had to come back off the field? Was that just miscommunication at the time? What happened at that point in time because you came off the field and fortunately it ended on a positive touchdown? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, you know, it, it happened to be just how we drew it up, right? The past is they, and, you know, we walk off with the winner there. But, um, yeah, just a little, you know, confusion on my end. I was in the net warming up, and, um, you know, I, I didn't wasn't really aware. You know, that was kind of a first-time experience where we'd have a, had a second-possession game or third-possession game in uh, overtime. So, you know, I, I think that was a great learning experience for us as, uh, you know, the kicking unit and for me personally and then, you know, just the communication there. So, um, you know, it, it's a good thing we got to learn on a win. You know, mm-hmm. that usually you learn a lot more things when you lose, but we were able to kind of learn some things as we won. Um, so, you know, it, it was awesome that Zay was able to catch that pass and, you know, perfect throw from Derek and just, you know, we, we walk out with the win. So it's huge. Yeah, you know what's interesting on that? I've been to a lot more football games than you've played in. You're a young guy, and I wasn't yep. expecting you to be brought out that quickly, so I wouldn't take it personal. I'm sitting up there. I'm behind the great Brett Musburger, who you know, and I thought that, you know, run another play. That maybe something's going to happen there. So I was a bit surprised that they were trying to get you out that early, but the confidence that Coach Gruden, I sat down with Coach Gruden a week ago, and he talked about your entire special teams, but especially you and Cole, who had a big game, and how important you are to this team. Kickers are important to every team, but they're really counting on you, and now you got to go from indoors, Allegiant Stadium, to Pittsburgh, and a very yeah. hostile environment with a couple of your teammates who are injured for the season. This is mm-hmm. a big week to try to go steal a win against a very good Steelers team. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, anytime we're on the road, we know it's going to be hostile, and you know, fans are back in the stadium, so we know – you know it's going to be uh, just us against them. So um, we're excited to go in as a unit and, uh, you know, work together as a team to hopefully steal a win on the road uh, one, one more time here and get to 2-0. Daniel Carlson, as we wrap it up, what's, what's the favorite thing for you about being a Raider? What do you love about the brand, the organization, the history that fits so well with you? Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I love the his, history of just winning and, uh, you know, finding a way to get it done. And I think that first game was perfect testament to that you know we it wasn't always pretty the whole game but um, we found a way to come up come out on top at the end and um, you know that's a big part of this organization just finding a way to win finally what you're doing with credit one bank at the end of the season the funds raised will be split evenly between after school all-stars and boys and girl clubs of southern nevada you know how important it is for mark davis to -hmm. have his players in this community doing the right thing this is special tell us about it yeah, I think it's a great opportunity, and you know I'm I'm honored to be able to uh, be a part of it. Um, and we we're able to select two great organizations in the area um, that are helping you know 
kids and um, kids that are going through high school or even younger kids, you know, just grow academically, you know, just outside of the classroom as well as, you know, men and women. So, um, you know, to be able to partner with the community and alongside the community and, you know, give money, but also time and, you know, resources and, you know, partner as players and get involved in those, you know, boys and girls clubhouses or in the after school all-stars meetings and hangouts after school. Uh, it's really special to, you know, be able to pour back into this community that, you know, does such a great job of supporting us as players and as a team. Awesome, Daniel. Thanks for doing this. Everybody wants to hear from you. You're a really big part, not only of that win, of the organization and going forward. Thanks for joining us on the flagship. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. God bless. You got it, Daniel Carlson. What a kick. Oh, my God. What a kick. So my wife, we sit in our seats. My son came back from college for this, and my son took a video of it, right, like kids do. He's 18 years old, and it's right there, right in front of my wife and my son. I should post it somewhere, and the kick goes in, and just the explosion in the stadium right there. It was shocking to me. I I thought that Carlson, very confident, that Daniel would make the kick, but when the Raiders burned all their timeouts and Derek had to go the length of the field or uh, many yards to get him set up, going up against that secondary with Marlon Humphrey, it was a tough task, a very tough task for him to come through with that, and they were able to do that. I mean, you think about the big plays in that game. There were four or five that were mind-blowing. Well, the gentleman we just had on, Daniel Carlson, nothing happens in overtime. We don't have that fantastic finish that everybody's talking about unless he doesn't make that kick. And that kick was clutch. And when you're going to have a kicker there, as Coach Gruden told us, breaking Sebastian Janikowski's record, he's a very important part of this. And as I said in the monologue before we got him on, if the Raiders win in Pittsburgh, it's going to have to be because of him. I really think that this is a game where he's going to have to have four field goals. They're going to have to shorten the game. He's going to have to be exceptional on the road here because this is going to be a tough one. There's tough sledding with these injuries going into Pittsburgh. We want your opinion today on the game plan. If I see you on hold, you know no one's faster at getting to you than me. No one. So give us a call at 702-365-9200. We're on all over the country. I can't count on Vegas every day to call this show. I count on that Raiders mobile app to call the show every day from fans all over the country. And when Vegas calls in, it's a luxury. We're trying to get Vegas more involved here on what it's like to be a Raider fan, a new Raider fan in Vegas. The only way to do that is to see the diehard Raider Nation who's been with me for over 20 years to kick off the show every day. Barry Sims will join us next as we are brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Boulder Highway in Henderson, the 2021 Elantras. All of their award-winning vehicles there, their luxury vehicles, and the best financing team in town. It's stress-free. Stress-free buying. Buying a new car as easy as buying an iPhone. The Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Frank and his team, proud partners of our show. He's got Renfro is to his left. And Zay Jones. Here they come. And here they come. Blitz is picked up. Jones is open. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. This time, no doubt. Put it in the W column, baby. This one's over. And a baby. 
Brent Musburger on the call, which I always say is one of the coolest things I do. I'm up in the booth in the fourth quarter because the postgame show starts right after he signs off, like minutes. So to, to stand there right behind him and watch him call that play in real time, it was just fabulous. Everybody was shocked. It was fantastic. I had a great time watching the game for a quarter or so with Barry Sims, who was out there supporting the Raiders alumni and meeting and greeting with the fans, the former offensive lineman, tackling guard for the Raiders and the 49ers, kind enough to join us. And, Barry, that was a good one for you to be out with your wife. They're all good, but that was one of the most exciting games you and I ever witnessed, especially that overtime. Yeah, that was great, JT. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, man. And uh, just hearing that just kind of gave me some chills, you know, because I, I haven't heard any of the commentary from the game. Or, you know, Obviously, being there, you don't get to hear that. So it was cool, man. I can't wait to watch the replay of it. Yeah, Barry, you've been to the stadium a lot. You're very active with the alumni. You're always in Vegas. And what was this experience like with you now with fans? Because I know you had a lot of requirements inside with Jim Plunkett and Fred Bolitnikoff and a lot of other alumni. But as you got a chance to walk the entire footprint of the stadium with fans in there, what was that like for you? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it just, it, it's been so long since, since we've had that opportunity. And it seems like it's even um, magnified how long it was. But um, it was great to see everybody and um, just experience it with the, with the Raider Nation, um, the best fans ever. So, you know, it was awesome. Barry Sims is our guest. You know, Barry, we found out the news that Denzel Good's gone for the year. And you look at that injury and you played and you've been banged up and you played through a lot of injuries. And we've been friends for a while. What is that like in the old line room when one of your brothers and teammates in the first game is gone for the year? Well, and you got to look around and you got to deal with that emotionally for a friend. God forbid it happens to you. What's that experience like? Well, it's, at first, you know, you, you feel for your brother in there. And, um, uh, but it's, the mentality of, of this league is, is next man up. And that's, that's how they'll, they'll um, process it and, and move on. Um, and it's, it's a great opportunity for the next guy uh, to get up there and show what he's all about. And, you know, hopefully we don't have much of a drop off at that point. Barry Sims is our guest. So you're the perfect guest to have on today because you played tackle and guard, and you could play either side of the line. What was that like for you, you know, throughout your career, knowing that you were versatile enough to play multiple positions and you were called on, Barry, to do that multiple times? How does that, how does that work, prepping from one week to another from tackle and then moving to guard? What's that like? Well, I think, uh, you know, before you get into the league, I mean, you know, they're saying so that, like the more you can do, the more valuable you are to the organization. And, um, you know, at, at first it's a little stressful because, you know, even though it's the same position, but the other side, everything is just reversed in your mind. And, um, you know, you get used to it. But uh, I think just being able to, to do more um, and really, like, be valuable to the team. I mean, that's what anybody wants is, is to have their value um, and their worth shown for the organization and so uh, it's it's challenging but once you get going i mean it's it's football and you just gotta you gotta just gotta play barry sims is our guest played with the raiders 99 through 2007 i remember talking to you after the raiders took leatherwood in the first round and there was some chatter out there did the raiders take him too early i said man the guy won the outland trophy played in alabama national championships it's like he had a pro career in college and in this first game he jumped off sides at the end. He had a play where he was beat and gave up a sack. But overall, I, I think he's so important to be opposite Colton Miller at the other tackle. 
and play at a high level coming in as a rookie. But now, Barry, it's T.J. Watt, the Defensive Player of the Year, a guy who's a great player. What is that matchup going to be like for him and potentially the help Coach Gruden can get with him with a back or a tight end to help chip him? Well, I think uh, you know. I think that this game was probably um, just as hard as any game for him. Being a, being, it was playoff atmosphere, Monday Night Football, your first start, and so I, I think all that stuff probably added to to it. But I, you know, I've been uh, I've been a Leatherwood fan since they mm-hmm. drafted him, and and I really like the way he approaches the game, and I think he'll be just fine, you know. And and TJ Watt had an outstanding game this past weekend, but you know. Uh, well, they'll get the help where it's where needed, and he'll he'll step up and block him one on one when he has to. Um, you know, I think that's just the nature of it. You can't get help every play, but uh, yeah, I think he'll be fine. And I, you know, I'm excited to see his development over the season. Barry Sims is our guest. He won the Commitment to Excellence Award 2005, which is one of the most important awards you can win as a Raider. Barry, for the new fans that might not know you that well, I think your story is so incredible. High school at Park City in Utah, you were a two-way lineman, all-league, and you played multiple sports. Then you come in, and the next thing you know, you're playing overseas for the Scottish Claymores, and you end up being in their Hall of Fame. What was the journey like for you? What What was the high coming out of high school, playing at the University of Utah, and then really having to grind it to get into the NFL before you could establish yourself when you came to the Raiders? Well, I think uh, the journey, it was a long one with a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, and, and some of those downs were uh, my own, my own, of my own making. Um, you know, I didn't really take care of business like I needed to in the classroom. And so I had to go to junior college and, and that was quite the embarrassment for me. And so I, uh, you know, vowed to just, if I ever got a chance to, to do it again, I would, study as hard as I could and do everything the right way. And, and I was uh, afforded a second chance. And so that was uh, NFL Europe and had a good season over there. And Raiders saw it and they signed me to training camp and just kept working with my head down and, and uh, good things happened. And I, you know, ended up starting, I think probably like 150 or so games in my career. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Yeah, 152 NFL games, seven playoff starts, two conference championships, and a Super Bowl appearance. And I I know that's a big part of why you give back and you talk about it with this organization. The alumni department holds you at such a high level of esteem, and you enjoy this. And when I get a chance to see you with Robert Gallery or Jim Otto, no matter who they are, you really get it. You want to be a part of this community and want to interact with the fans. And now you get a chance to do it at this beautiful stadium and having a lot of fun. When's the next game we're going to see you at? we got the Dolphins coming uh, up. I'm assuming we're going to hear, see you here a bunch. Yeah, I'll be there for the next next home game. So uh, one game at a time. But, you know, <laughs> I wanted to say that uh, I was – when I flew home yesterday, went through um, the Vegas airport, I was just so – uh, so proud because there were so many Raider fans in there, and it was just uh, we've taken over that airport as well. So it was awesome. <laughs> take over the game, take over the airport. Uh, happy birthday to Shay. Best to the kids. I'll see you out here for the Dolphins game. It's going to be a special one. Thanks Absolutely. for doing this. Hey, thanks, JP. I appreciate it, man. You got it. Barry Sims, who I'm lucky turned out to be a good friend of mine. We hit it off when he got here, and his wife and my wife are friends, and we saw them at the game and watched a portion of the game with them. And Barry's good people. I mean, Barry's special. He played for the 49ers after the Raiders and contributed to them, but he's a real Raider. 
and he's around a lot. And if you see him, shake his hand, get a picture with him. He's very accommodating with his time, and we appreciate him joining us. Courtesy of the M Resort Casino and Spa, where we'll be out there on Sunday for the Raider game coming up against Pittsburgh. Early start, one of the few. There's only a few of them this year where everybody's got to get out early. 702-365-9200. Bill and Henderson, thanks for starting us off, Bill. What's happening? Hey, JT, how you doing? I couldn't get on the other day, but I, I also saw the game with my son. Mm-hmm. He's 30 years old. He's been through so much Raider pain over the years, and, and that game was by far, I, I've been a fan since 1970, and I've never seen anything like that, certainly never seen anything live like that game. You know, it was it was fantastic. You'll never see a game like that. I, again, I, I'm trying to preface this by telling people that we're at Monday night games or great games. I was at the Favre. You remember the Favre four touchdown game, right? Yeah. That was one of the most, uh, most special, even though the Raiders lost. The, the size of that event was so big. And I've been to other Monday night games where they had that two for one where the Raiders played the second game and they beat Phillip Rivers, which was nice. It was special for Oakland, but this was different. This was overtime where the game was lost and then won again. And, the, and there was a massive comeback, too. How many teams are going to come back down 14 nothing to Lamar Jackson with him running the football? Not many. And the Raiders showed tremendous resiliency. And then a concert broke out. You know, and everybody's running around there with their program, their Sylvania program. It was just a special night, Bill. It really was. And like you said, it almost turned out to be an epic Raider loss. But... Real quick, um, JT on the line. Uh, I had yep. called about Andre James not getting any preseason work, and mm-hmm. you know he looked rusty. Yeah, that that, uh, that fumble, it wasn't a fumble. The the, the miss snap that he made yep. to Carr looked like Carr was audibly. And and I want your take on that. What what happened there? Yeah, I thought that was a mistake. I appreciate the call on Andre. He didn't he have he didn't have his communication down with Derek on that play. And I thought you know Derek had such an amazing second half in that game. I was talking to my dad about that earlier yesterday about the confusion on the line of scrimmage. I thought early in the game, Derek was going up to the line of scrimmage and changing the play a bunch. One time he audible to a handoff for one yard. I was just saying, why isn't the team on the same page just exploding, running, not no huddle, but just going faster, especially with this new offensive line. But you know, Derek, who's speaking now, he's speaking now, and we're going to cover that coming up here. He's addressing the media over in Henderson, and we'll play either all of it or a portion of that coming up. There was a lot of confusion earlier, and you bring up a good point about Andre James not playing in the preseason. Well, what happens if he got hurt? And we'd be talking about Andre, Denzel Good, Richie Incognito. Gruden knew exactly what he was doing. He can't afford to see these guys get hurt in meaningless preseason games because the team's already hurt now. This team's always getting hurt, and a lot of it's fluke injuries. I don't blame it on the trainer, the training staff, the coach, the GM. I mean, Gerald McCoy, it's a fluke what happened to him, and Denzel Good blows out an Achilles, and you look at the significance of that injury. It happened to Richie last year, but it's not not as dramatic in one play. This team has got to get healthy. John Gruden's whole persona revolves around who's available How many times have you heard him talk to me about that? Availability. Last year it was COVID. He didn't have guys available because of COVID. And now they start off and they're decimated by injuries. They lost two players for the entire year in Gooden McCoy 
And Yannick Ngakwe's got a tender hamstring, and he's like a thoroughbred racehorse. you got to bring him back when he's right. The worst thing you could do is bring him back, and he aggravates it and has a longer of an injury, and I don't know anything about that. We'll find out how that plays out. So there's a lot happening here. Uh, Derek Carr spoke for a long time after the game. He's going to speak again. And when the head coach, my rule's simple, as I told this to your boy Q, our great host and program director, people would rather hear John Gruden and Derek Carr than JT the Brick. I know that. So when those guys are talking live, we'll get to it and turn it around shortly when we come back as we continue. Uh, Wahoo's Fish Tacos coming in tomorrow to feed us. And I'm thrilled by that. I'm a big believer in Wahoo's. I love their food. I love the way they put on big events, catering events, what they do here, especially with their game day specials. $24, bucket of five, Corona Extra. $6, 16-ounce draft, Modelo's. Speaking of Modelo's, you know how many people came up to me and said, JT, can I buy you a Modelo? Sure. JT, back with you as we continue. Our good friends at Five Iron Golf, love it over there. They have a whole bunch of specials. When you get there, just tell them JT sent you, and you can get in the simulators. They have club fittings. They're doing everything for us because it's the best golf place in town just to experience what they do there. Look, I'm not going to talk about the other one in town, which I like. It's nothing compared to Five Iron Golf, not even close. With the leagues that they have, Everything they're doing there. Go check it out inside Area 15, 5 Iron Golf. Derek Carr speaking to the media out in Henderson. So, first question today, guys. Derek, can you uh, talk about Hunter's maturation and improvement and the very Yeah, the very first time I saw Hunter, I had to make sure that that was really him. Um, and it was. And uh, he has surprised me every day since then. You know, he, uh, the way he sees the game, the way he plays the game, super, super tough, um, um, unbelievably athletic, uh, quick, agile. I mean, he goes against some of the best corners in the world, and he finds a way to get open and make plays, right? And uh, so I, I, uh, I think the, the biggest thing I love about him is he sees the game, the game the exact same way that I do. So he runs some unorthodox type routes, but I kind of see it that way, you know. And uh, I think it makes it hard for defenses, and I think that's why we've just ha- had a great relationship and a great chemistry since he got here. Was it the, the plan from Baltimore was just to rough him up a little bit? Was, was, that, was that what they were doing, and how did he feel after the game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they had a couple of shots on him where we definitely got the one penalty on him and then should have had another one. And, I mean, teams, they have this thought in their head about everybody. You know, so with a guy that's like his size and in the slot, like, oh, maybe we just rough him up. Maybe I don't know what their plan was, but I'm sure I could assume, you know, oh, maybe we'll get in his head. Maybe he still came back and made some plays. I mean, he don't care. He doesn't care about that stuff. I think you get to this point um, in your career. If you're still here, you don't, it doesn't really bother you, the, that part of the game, you know. And so it would be interesting to see what happens with that. But um, I know he's doing all right and uh, ready to play this week. Very emotional win on Monday night. Uh, a short week playing a tough opponent in Pittsburgh. Now some injuries. 
are starting to pile up. How do you guys manage that and just being able to get ready for, for a tough game on Sunday? Yeah, I tell you know, I, I always tell everybody the best you'll ever feel is the day before, you know, week one, you know, and then after that, it's all just fighting your way to get back to as best as you can for the next game. And, you know, whether that's, you know, 50%, 75%, whatever you can get to, I mean, you just try and fight your best each week to try and feel your best. It's, it's a process, it is a fight, it is a grind that you literally have, it's, there's so much ahead, but you have to take it one day at a time or, you know, you'll, you'll go crazy, you know, and uh, I've had my fair share of injuries in this league and I know that other guys have too, but, you know, after, after week one, everybody's battling just to get fresh for the game. Does that also include replacing a guy like Denzel on the fly and mm -hmm. see what happens with Richie, but that uh, part of it where you're, where you're bringing in new guys mm -hmm. almost right around the corner from a game like that. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, but the way that we practice during camp, I mean, you've seen it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a one, two, or three. We all practice together. You know, coaches putting the third O line with me. You know, he's putting the third receivers with me, you know, uh, you know, and vice versa. You know, we're just, it's mixed up because coach knows that in this game, injuries happen. So um, everyone's held, that way everyone's held to the standard of, I don't care if you're in with the ones, twos, or three, I don't care where you're at. This is the standard that we have to practice at and, and, and execute at. So with that said, guys are ones for a reason, right? But you do have confidence in the guys playing because you've played and had reps with them. And they wouldn't be on this team if coach didn't feel good about them. When you talk about the, the routes that Hunter runs, just going back to that, like some of the unorthodox ones, the one he threw the penalty on, I don't know if you can see it in your head, but like that's a really strange type of route. Is that yeah. something you guys invented? Or is that like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'll give Coach Gruden all the credit. You know, I mean, he's he, anything that he can think of, we try and execute for him. You know, and so um, we we have we have definitely some made up type routes. Um, there's definitely some moments that I've completed balls to Hunter and Coach Gruden and EB will look at us like, and we're like, we're on the same page. You know, <laughs> you know all those kind of things. But uh, you know, there there are some things that Coach Gruden comes up with that people haven't seen, and uh, it makes it hard to defend. Um, and especially, obviously, we want the touchdown, but even better, you get first down at the one. You know, that's drawing that penalty is awesome, too. Derek, with Andre's first game and Alex as a rookie, yep. nobody plays perfect in the NFL, but I went yep. back and watched the game a couple of times. They seemed to me to play pretty well. Were you happy with their performance in their first game? Very happy. You know, there was a, <laughs> again, playing that defense um, for really your first start. You know, really like this is your moment going forward, you know, and. Um, I, I was very proud of both of them. I think that we could have had some better communication on some some of the blitz pickups. They were able to get a couple free runners, like they usually do. Um, but that's the one thing I can't stand more than anything. You know, I try and pick up every blitz, you know, and all those kind of things. So with our calls and our communication, um, there was about there's one or two that we would like to have back and um, grow and learn from, uh, which hopefully we did and hopefully we will. Um, but. Very proud of those guys, but you know we're still we're in the process of, of getting better and playing more games together. Every game that goes by is more experience together, and so hopefully this game and the noise and against a, a great defense and a great team like this, it'll be a good challenge for us. The ball, the ball goes where the ball goes, uh, but how important was it to get Henry and Brian um, involved, and, and how important was it for them just to stay with it and be ready when their numbers got called? Yeah, I mean. If, if we have learned anything about Coach Gruden and how we play, we're going to throw the ball to where the ball is supposed to go. You know, we're not going to force feed anything. Now, um, you see a guy like Waller have a whole bunch of targets. Well, he 
he got one-on-one -on -one coverage, and more times than not, he makes plays. The guy had 19 targets, but he still had 105 yards, 10 catches, and a touchdown. I mean, how can you, you know, if you can, you throw it to him 30 times, you know. And so the ball is going to go where it's going to go, depending on the plays that we call and things like that. Um, you know, and uh, I know that people with fantasy teams and they bought somebody's jersey, they want to see them score and catch the ball and all those kind of things. And I understand because I'm a fan of the game too, but we, we don't discriminate on who gets the football. We're just going to drop back and I'm going to try and do the best of my ability to make the reads that coach is asking me to make. All right, that's Derek Carr, a portion of his press conference. You'll hear all the sound throughout the day. Vinny Bonsignor asking a lot of those questions. He's coming up at 4 o'clock. When we talk X's and O's, it's brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin will be there Sunday at M Resort Casino and Spa for our pregame show. They'll be handing out shirts, umbrellas, glassware, and a whole bunch more. Also, pitcher specials of Remy Quandro cocktails, Botanist Gym, Mount Gay Rum cocktails, and so much more. When we're breaking down the game, we do it with a Remy Martin cocktail in our hand. Good first hour. Scott Kaplan and Hacksaw next hour right here.